Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 282. And today's uh, is going to be a continuation of the series of people asking questions or having a problem. And the question that I've actually received a lot of times over the years, but specifically one recently, is what do you do? How do you integrate a very, very trained dog into a regular house family life? So this mostly goes, I think, for, for people who have had their dog at a professional trainer's in their home for the hunting season or their home for the holidays or they're just home because now you're running them. Whatever it is, how do you bring a dog that is, is you know, either you've spent a lot of money, time, just there's a lot of things invested in this dog's performance and behavior. And then when they come home, how do you not mess that up? Or how do you keep it going without being a professional trainer yourself? Or maybe you have trained this dog, you know, to a very high degree. And yet you want to not do anything that makes it harder when the competitive season comes back. And you have to rechange some rules. So this is a, that's a topic that we'll talk about. How do you do that effectively? So understand a couple things um, about your dog first. And that is that the dogs don't really, dogs don't generalize. You know, they don't spend a year or six months or three years or whatever at the trainers and then come home and, and think that all the rules that applied at another location with another person or set of people now applies here. They're going to find out what applies here. So they don't generalize. So make sure that you're aware that you know, however they behaved before is going to be one thing. And then you need to set the stage for what you want when these guys come back home, back into the house or whatever you've done with this. And that includes, and one of my pet peeves is training the dog to a real high level where you got all the bells and whistles. And then somebody takes this zillion dollar dog and goes, ah, we're hunting, life is short, got to have a good time and kind of undo everything. Because when you do that, You've got to go back and kind of thump it back into them again. So for me, I, you know, that doesn't seem real fair. Yeah, I know I let you go on the gun every time or chase birds or do whatever, but not now. You know, you can make a lot of noise in the holding blind, in the duck blind or the goose blind, but shh, can't do it on the line. So you be, at least be as fair. Think about being fair to your dog on whatever standards you had in competition if you hold those in hunting, and I know sometimes that's not fun, uh, when you're all done and you're with comp competition and you're never going to do it again and you want the dog to kind of just relax and lose all that stuff you had, then go ahead. But to have them bounce back and forth, I know it can be done. I know a lot of people that have bragged about it. Um, I just really, I just think that's very unfair. Even though there are some who can kind of manage that, you always got to kind of get after them. And so... That's something to think about. Another thing that people are very frequently told, particularly in the old days, I think it's quite a bit better now, is that, you know, if you have a trained performance dog, you know, don't bring them in the house or don't let them sleep with your daughter or you, <laughs> or don't, whatever. You know, there's all these things like if they come in the house and enjoy the warmth and the companionship and the, you know, the environment that's in there, you'll ruin them. And that's not really true, That because that's not what ruins a dog. 
you know, any more than you have your skiers. You know, they all need to sleep outside in the cold so they get used to it and, and you know, make them ski everywhere they go or run everywhere. No, no, they're fine. They can actually live a nice life and then train for what they do. And so can dogs. Um, the, the fairest thing, again, I'm just going to go on the fairness deal. If they spend most of their life in a kennel uh, at the trainer's, then it would be a very reasonable thing for you to have a kennel at home, and I don't mean a crate, I mean a kennel, where when you guys all leave, everyone's going Christmas shopping, and the dog, they, you put them in a kennel, they're going to know that, they're going to be comfortable with that, it's a consistency that they're familiar with, versus going, well, let's leave them in the house and see what happens, you know, maybe nothing, depending on their age. Uh, or maybe something, or maybe you have to put them in a crate because that's all you've got, which is, you know, not ideal. Is it doable? Yeah, if you're not gone too long, but it's not ideal. If you have a, a kennel run, if they're used to that, then they're very comfortable there. They can get a drink of water. They can walk around. They can relieve themselves if they have to. Um, so that's very often a more fair thing. Doesn't mean they have to stay there all the time or sleep out there or anything. But it does, it's a familiarity and a consistency, which is always, consistency is always a very good thing. So that would be another one. Now probably the thing that is most important, and now remember, this is a, kind of a member of your family, family presumably, you, you're bringing them home, they live with you, you love them to death, you spend a lot of time and money on them, and, and so how do you still incorporate them as a member of the family and just kind of enjoying the good life and relaxing and not having to work so hard all the time? H how do you do that? Probably one of the most important aspects of bringing the trained competitor home or just the very trained dog home is the nature of the, the dog's interactions with you or with the family. Now you cannot make uh, you cannot make everybody in the family suddenly become the marine drill sergeant, and they must use this tone of voice or they must use these words or you know nobody everyone hates that. Don't even do that. You don't have to do that. You know I've had I've had clients say, okay, tell me the five words I need. Jeez. And I'm just like, oh no no hold on, <laughs> but let's not go five words because. It depends on who's saying the five words. It's it's that's what it's about. Is what do you when you say something, are you meaning this? So the relationship, the interactions with the dogs ne need to be as reasonably consistent as possible as to what they get the rest of the time when they've been being trained and living more of that life. Now, does that mean you got to use the same words to a degree? Yes, he'll sit here. I mean. Those are the fundamental, you know, the foundation on which all the dogs' training and behavior has been, been built. So yes, use those. But it's not like you have to have a certain tone of voice or a certain decibel level or a certain, you know, use this word and use it this many times or only once or whatever because then everybody's very uncomfortable. I had someone uh, years and years and years ago uh, a man and his wife, and they both were doing it. They were both, she she had her dog, and he had his dog, and they were doing it together, and, and he was ahead of her. He had been doing it longer and done it to a higher degree, and he, he just knew a lot more. And, and I would they would come out and train, and, 
And every now and then she would make a naive new person mistake or whatever, just make a mistake like we all do. And I have seen in, in years past uh, married couples throwing dead ducks at each other because they were so mad. I remember that. I should have filmed it, but they didn't have phones then. You could do that with. But people are so mad, they're just chucking ducks at each other and screaming and yelling. And and this the lady would make a, a you know, not, not a life-ending mistake, make a mistake. And he would never say anything, and he would... You know, let me do the talking to her. And, and I asked him after watching that consistently, I said, how do you do that? How do you, you never get frustrated? You never get mad? You don't go say things to her? And he said, well, I get frustrated. Sure, I get angry about stuff. He goes, but I just have to ask myself, which is more important, the dog or the marriage? I'd never, ever heard that before. And I thought <laughs> that was, I still remember it decades later, you know, is that he just made a choice in my life you know, my relationship with my wife is going to be more important than how perfect the dog training is. And so I have often uh, offered that to people. When the dog is home and you've got kids or you've got visitors or something and you're, you know, telling them this is how you have to be, what you got to ask yourself, you know, what is more important here? The, these people in my life that I love or care about or invited into my home or live with or the dog I spent this money on and I want all of these ribbons and titles and accolades and things. That's really the question. And if the dog's more important, then you're letting everybody know that <laughs> by making their life heck and making everybody kind of resent the dog since that's obviously more important to you. So that doesn't mean just, you know, whatever, let anybody do, give her dog treats and donuts and sleep on the couch with you and all that stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but it just just make sure that you have a framework like that set is what's the most important thing, you know, in my life. And sometimes the people and everybody just enjoying each other and relaxing is kind of a priority. So I want to put that one out there for for everybody. So let's talk about the interactions because that's what's important. Now, a trained dog is not a dog bot. It is not something that that when you bring it home and tell it to sit or fetch or back or whatever, it's just automatically going to do that. Remember, they don't generalize. They're not out in the field. They didn't get off the training trailer or truck. They're not out doing their normal daily kind of a thing. And so they're at home. So the first thing, you know, when they first come back is you've got to, one, enjoy them. Make sure you have plan for them to get exercise and then to get some kind of interesting challenge, whether it's hunting or just everybody out throwing some stuff in the open space area for them. Have a plan for that, but also begin to show them, as with anything else, like I've always said, first teach them what the expectation is. Show them how this is going to go. Don't expect them, don't expect anything out of them. They're coming in here going, all right, what's the deal? How does this work? I don't know. And so, you know, show them that they got to wait to come in the door or they have to come whenever somebody calls them. Okay, let's just get on that one. So when you have a dog that does all kind of trick stuff, right, that doesn't mean start making them do trick stuff all the time. That'd be like having some kid that's just awesome at math, you know, he's, he's, already in graduate school math while he's still in high school and so you go hey 
derive some equations for us. I mean, it, nobody wants to do that. You wouldn't bring them home from school and then make them do a bunch of math just to show you. So don't do that to a dog. Come bark and sit and heal and hear and lay down and whoa and, all, and whatever you've got. Don't, don't do that. Right? But utilize, you know, if you need them to come with you out in the backyard, then call them. Now, here's where the relationship, everybody, including the kids, needs to understand. This is one of the things. If you're going to give them, call them or tell them to sit down or whatever it is, one, there should be a reason for it, not just because it's fun to boss the dog around. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of, that's nasty. But instead of bossing the, you know, you, the kid has, needs to take the dog out in the backyard. So teach them. Once you call them, be prepared to make sure they come with you. Whether it's grabbing onto their collar, it's having a little tab on their collar so you can just go pull the tab. And that's a little short six-inch thing just hanging from their collar that's like you can just grab onto it and have them heal or sit or whatever. So just make sure that whatever, if somebody says, I need to call them and get outside and they don't come, I don't keep calling them. I go get them and then I show them that when I tell you to come out here, that's what you have to do. So you don't have to be a, a fancy dog trainer. You don't have to know a lot of stuff. You do have to understand, and I, I know for a fact even a five- or six-year-old can understand this because mine had to do it, that if you're going to tell them to do something, one, make sure it's because you need to have them do it, and two, make sure that they do it. That right there, and that includes everybody, and nobody gets out of it. Sometimes mom, I'm going to be a little sexist here, but sometimes mom gets out of it because I don't even like this dog stuff. Or vice versa. Dad gets out of it because he doesn't like this dog stuff. Or one of the kids goes, I hate this. Why do we even have them in the house? Okay, that doesn't get you out of being fair to this animal. And if you're going to tell it to go lay down or come over here or get in the kennel or let's go into the car, it, in their mind they need to be prepared to require that the dog do it once they ask them and provide a, a little leash or a tab or a collar or something so that they can. That's going to actually be important because the trainer, a good trainer, was very consistent and if they told them to fetch or sit or take a left back or whatever it is, they had to do it. That's why they're that, that way and so teach them still whenever one of these people that you love asks you to do something, you need to do it. Not because something terrible is going to happen. Not we're not. Don't strap on the electric collar in the house or the backyard. This should be a zone of comfort and relaxation. But if you tell them to go outside, make sure you make them go outside. That's that's probably one of the most, if not the most, important thing. So for me, I've never found a problem if the dog is in the house or outside that in a kennel or even in a crate at night. I, I still. You know, they can't go at night when they're in the house and they can't go in a crate, but that's just not moving. Sometimes can lend itself to uh, bladder infections and some stuff like that just, just from the opposite. Or impacted anal glands from just sitting so much. So, you know, that's not the best. That's why I still like a nice kennel run if you have to put them away somewhere. But yes, can they, can they stay in the house? Yeah. Can they do that kind of stuff? Yeah. Can they secretly sleep on the bed when nobody's looking? I think so. That doesn't ruin an animal. What ruins an animal is, again, you're taking them hunting. They can chase birds. They can break on the gun. They can make noise. They can ignore your commands. That's really bad. 
or you have them in the house and dad is really getting after everybody to treat this dog a certain way so everybody's real uncomfortable when the dog's around which makes the dog real uncomfortable and then everything is off kilter so again priority what's most important here why don't we all do the warm affectionate respectful thing for one another um and not make everybody walk on eggshells just teach teach if you have young people just like uh just like the dogs, teach them this is what we do with this dog. This is the most fair and loving thing we can do. And so when you interact, if you call them, make sure they come with you. I would strongly suggest for the retriever folks, I would strongly suggest, I, you know, if they're five, six, seven, okay. But when they're a little bit younger, the kid's out throwing sticks and balls and toys and tug of war and all that, I would avoid that from the moment an eight-week-old puppy comes home to forever but because those are just some habits that you don't want some little crack opening where hey just chomp down and pull back on this thing or just mindlessly go run get stuff and then spit it out and go run out to field it again that's just not these guys again they're not toys they are not toys so if you can, with young kids or, you know, wanting to show off for their friends, eh, you know, just be a little bit cautious. Let people show off their dogs. I know my kids used to like to have people see what the dogs would do. So we would let them watch while we ran. We'd even let them run them, but be right there to make sure that they, nothing too screwy was happening. So that's another part of it that you can definitely have. One thing I would... I would be very, very careful of would be the diet. So however your trainer feeds the dogs is probably the best, probably the best thing that you could continue to do. Now, when I had a kennel full of dogs, I only fed in, in the evening at the end of the day, unless there was a dog that needed a little breakfast to keep the weight up. Sometimes you have that. Just for the torsion thing, I just w was never going to work a dog with a bunch of food in its stomach. Just a zero risk deal. S I, my own personal dog, my little wiener dog, she gets fed uh, breakfast and dinner. Um, because that's just easier, spread the food out a little bit. Uh, so, and a lot of people like to do that. I mean, your dog's okay, as long as you give them the good food and enough of it, but not too much. So you kind of make a plan for that and be consistent with it and keep the diet, unless you totally disagree with what your trainer was feeding, keep the diet uh, consistent. And I would skip, you know, the Christmas cookie snuck over here and a little bit of the uh, turkey skin from the roasted turkey because, man, that'll get them diarrhea so fast. You know, they're not used to that. It's not really a part of their life. And there's, it makes you feel good to be sitting there giving your dog all kinds of treats. It's not good for them because it's just like if, you know, suddenly we took you somewhere into Nigeria and you had to eat uh, that kind of food, you'd probably have an upset digestive tract for a while. So let's just don't do that to your dog. Let's keep them where they understand when they eat, you know, and they eat the stuff that's best for them and we're not using food as entertainment or affection for you you want to do something good for your dog go take him for a run or a long walk that would be way better than giving them part of the christmas cookies or turkey skin or whatever that that's just wow make sure that you, their health is always your best thing like i said if you want to show them affection take them for a, a run or a walk 
good for you, good for them, and actually is better for them than food that their system is not accustomed to. And probably, finally, as, I, as I've thought this thing through, one of the biggest problems that I recall when my clients would take their dogs home, whether permanently or, you know, just for some interim thing, they, they would say, I, one of the first things they would always say is, well, you get it really early, don't you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, first light, man. First light, I was always at the kennel, me. I never hired anyone to do it because um, I had to make sure, but it was okay. Um, but I would be there at first light, and then everybody would get aired and out in the yards and all that stuff. And So they had this, the morning was very positive. You know, you got up early with the sun like they would do anyway, and, you know, they got to be out in the yards and running around and airing and kind of just getting ready for the day. And then we would, you know, if it was Sunday, we'd go back in the yards or the kennels, or we but on the rest of the days, we'd load and get ready for the work at hand. So they were very work-oriented. They were like, if you ever went off to school, you know, where you had to study. I, I, went to, I went to a real hard school, and just study was basically all you did when you weren't either in class or sleeping. We were, we were studying, and I remember going home at Christmas, sitting at the kitchen table, just drumming my fingers, because it's like, I need to be reading something I need to be doing something I remember that and I I completely related that to these dogs when they they're very purpose-driven right they get to do all this very dynamic challenging intrinsically satisfying stuff and then they go home now if you're going hunting no problem they're gonna they're all in for that but if they're just if it's just time off or they're just not training right now you've brought them home um, they're still going to be geared up like they were in school doing their thing. And so you have to kind of wean them into a more relaxed, slightly less structured or challenging life. But be aware of that because they are, they're getting up and like, okay, and they do, they get up real early. If, well, they get up whenever your trainer gets them up and at them. They, and they're ready to go, and they're used to doing things and used to dynamic life. So be aware of that when they come home. And as best you can, you know, they got to fit into your life. You don't need to fit into the trainer's structure, but they need to fit into your life. So slowly, you know, realize that when you bring them home, you know, maybe take them for a big walk before they go to bed at night so that they'll be tired although when they're fit and they've been working a lot they're, they're probably not tired um but get up in the morning for a little while and begin to you know maybe go out take a walk with them do some retrieves you know just do a little bit of stuff in other words physically and mentally challenge them just a little bit not like their normal day would have been no, and then bring them in and they can kind of relax in the house and slowly work into a schedule that fits with your life and your stuff. But be aware that they're coming off the, the training train, right? And they're used to a lot of stuff and a, a lot of demand, a lot of physical demand, a lot of mental demand. And you've got to acclimate them a little more to the life that they're going to be. And that's, I know that's a big problem that a lot of people have had bringing a train home dog is the dog is like okay where are we going what are we going to do and every time you head towards your vehicle they're like okay let's go and it can be kind of annoying so you want to set up another reason to have that kennel too <laughs> you guys are all going to go christmas shopping dog thinks you're going to go out and do some something fun 
if if you put them in the in the kennel run, then they know exactly. Okay, it's downtime now. You know, give them a bone to chew on and and uh, let it go. But that's going to be one of the biggest things is when they've been very very uh, work driven, and it's a real fulfilling kind of a thing. It's hard to come home and not do anything. And so Christmas cookies and throwing sticks in the backyard is not a substitution for that. So like I said, get up early, go out, take a walk, do some retrieves, run some blinds if they do that. Just do some stuff that kind of is dynamic and also mentally challenging. And then bring it back into regular life. And pretty soon you won't have to do that every day, although you may like it. Um, you may do it some, it's, you need to keep some of that stuff going. And hopefully your trainer has told you how to maintain what's going on or you have a training group where you can go do that. But that's a very important element in these dogs. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, it's just really kind of common sense and respect thing for the animal and what they've been doing and what they've accomplished. And also for the family and the people who care about this dog and are welcoming the family member home. They count too, and how they feel about stuff counts too. I wouldn't let the food, them giving food or throwing sticks, because that's just for their own entertainment. That's not good for the dog. But shoot, the kids could take the dog for a run or a walk or something like that so that everybody can participate in enjoying this finely tuned animal that you have. So I hope that answers that, that question about bringing them home. Just plan ahead and slowly move the dog back into this life from the life that it had before um, so that it goes okay that was then and this is now and I'm very clear on what the expectations are that always makes it better just takes a little pre-planning so that's the one for this week I'll be next back next week with another one and I hope everybody uh, is staying uh, safe sound and healthy and I will be back soon